is Pete Moore on Halo Talks on location, Las Vegas Gold's Gym Convention 2018. Here with Jim, who has two clubs in Pennsylvania as a uh, thriving small business. And um, he's been with the brand for about eight years. So I want to talk about his experience and his passion for the business and his wife's desire to open up a business with him. And he's got his family working in there. So, Jim, welcome to the Halo Talks. Thanks. Great to be here. Excellent. So why don't you talk about, uh, you know, I know you come out of a, a corporate job and still still have uh, a place there. And um, about eight years ago, made a decision to have a small business as part of your, from a uh, lifestyle, from an investment standpoint, and, and just talk about what that decision process was and how, how it's gone. Yeah. So sort of starting with the end in mind a little bit, it's gone great. Um, You know, the idea was coming out of corporate America after 25 years working for the Hershey Company, a very branded company. So I've been around brand for a long time, understand Mm -hmm. the power of brand, understand, you know, what that does in the marketplace. And when when I retired, I was still young and I consider myself still young. Um, You know, my wife and I spent some time talking about what the next phase was going to be like. And I really didn't want to get back into a corporate office kind of environment again. So my corporate world now is involved from working from home and traveling. Mm -hmm. And working from home means working out of one of my clubs. It's a good place. There's like a colo, like a WeWork. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I get half an hour break. I go down, get in a quick do this, do that in the gym and um, kind of move back and forth a little bit. But our thought process really was... We, want, we knew we wanted to open up our own business, right? I'd had enough of the corporate world, and I don't mean that necessarily in a totally negative way, but, you know, everything had eight layers of decision-making, and we decided, you know, that we were kicking around the idea of running our own business, and we knew one thing. If we were going to do that, it had to be an environment that we wanted to spend time in mm-hmm. because when you run your own business, you literally live there. Sure. And um, she was a director of group fitness at a gold gym. I had spent my entire life in and out of clubs and we thought that you know that would be interesting. Golds had a franchise that was available in our area, so it was in a good location. And so we decided that we were going to do that simultaneously with me looking to figure out what I was going to do, you know, in the corporate space. In addition to that, when you looked at the Golds brand, it, there were already several clubs in the, in the area, or you know, at least in the DMA, I guess, if you will. So. Did that make that decision easier for you? Because Golds had already made a, you know, uh, had been in the in the territory, so there was some brand awareness in addition to the obvious brand awareness of Golds. Yeah, and on the obvious side, you know, with Hershey, I traveled quite a bit, and I'd find myself in Golds Gym on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Again, that whole branded experience with Hershey, you know, we weren't interested in opening up Jim and Diane's Gym. You sure, know what I mean? sure, sure. We understood the value of a brand and and what it could create. And so for us, that was easy. Um, we were familiar with the Gold's gyms in the area, and we did a lot of competitive research around the other clubs in the area. You know, we just want to make sure we know what we're getting into, mm-hmm. who we're going to be competing with. Obviously, at the end of that, we felt comfortable that, okay, we can go in here, even though we hadn't run a business before. Got to remember, this is on the tail end of the financial crisis. Yeah, yeah, right. So, so. so banks aren't giving money to anybody, mm-hmm. generally speaking, ex- especially for people who, A, have never run a business before, So we just were pretty blessed that whenever we needed a door open, it opened. Whenever we needed to meet somebody, we met somebody. And and in the the midst of that, you know, we were able to get uh, business launched. Gotcha. And then uh, so you found a location, uh, Gold's Corporate. They were helping you make that decision from their support team. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of help in the beginning, especially. Right. I mean, so two things I really love about Gold's. 
One is they're there when you need them. Two is they don't bug you when you're not asking for help. That's so there's a lot That's of autonomy in terms of the brand. We set our pricing. We said, do we buy equipment that we want? We do all the things the way mm-hmm. we want to do it. And then if we need to dial 911 for something and call, we, we call and we get the help that we need. Gotcha. And then you guys use the ABC Financial for all your reporting and yeah, and we did. Yeah, we did not in the beginning. We were with a competitive product, and it was minimal flexibility, mm-hmm. minimal customer service. So I think we went with ABC Financial probably three or four years ago after a, a fun courtship with them in terms of you know them wanting to make sure they wanted to do business with us and us wanting to make sure we were a partner with them. And honestly, we've never looked back. We have a great experience with them. Um, the customer service is literally instantaneous and um, we like the way they're constantly looking to upgrade the product and those kind of things stay relevant one thing that uh, we did a podcast at Ursa with uh, with Paul Schaller and uh, he said look every day we got to wake up and you know process the most important thing which is the 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 cash transactions of uh, you know 8,500 clubs so you know we got to wake up every day and protect that we also got to wake up and make sure that they're growing their business and if we can be helpful to grow it so I, I, every discussion I've had seems like they actually you know, live by that and culturally they were able to pull that together yeah and we're, we're fans right I mean we've had pot- potential clients to them mm-hmm. sent our way to speak on ABC's behalf. And we do that without any um, trepidation at all. And, you know, it's like we just tell them the truth kind of thing of what our experience has been with them. Truth has got to be the best marketing out there, right? <laughs> well, you know what? When you tell the truth, then you don't have to worry about what you said or yeah, covering it up or any of that stuff. So yeah. we just find that to be the best practice. I like it. So uh, built one club. Uh, yep. to start and then tell us how that went and um, how you you got other family members involved and, and how that's been um, you know part of the success of the operation and also like the you know how you define success obviously you're doing this you're not looking to you don't need to go from two to 50 clubs like that's not the goal yeah. where a lot of groups feel like you know uh, that's like the the way you have to build a, a business versus you know this is what you wanted and this is what you got. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, starting the club was interesting for us because we had never done it before. Mm-hmm. You know, so we ran an active pre-sale. We had over 1,600 members before the first day we opened the club doors. Um, my kids have all been involved in the business since we got started. Even when they were much younger, it was if they weren't doing kids club, they were doing front desk. You know, now one of my daughters is a GM of a second club that we bought. Um, but the experience has been fun. And, you know, part of the keys to success for us One, understanding to know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. So we're new to the industry. A lot of people have helped us along the way. It was probably two or three years ago we were um, voted uh, U.S. Franchisees of the Year in the gold system, my wife and I, at the convention, the award ceremony that will be there tonight. We were, A, surprised by that, but be really humble around thanking the people in the room who helped us, you know, because you don't walk into a new area. The worst thing you can do in the gym owner is think because you worked out that you know how to run a business. <laughs> so, you know, we did a lot of that stuff. And, um, but the family part's the biggest thing for us because that makes it a long-term strategy. You know, we went through, do we want to grow geographically? Um, you know, we have a place in Naples. We want to have a gym down there. And we thought, you know what, we're going to be central Pennsylvania-based. Mm-hmm. We'll grow there where it makes sense to, you know, with clubs in that particular area. And um, the entire experience so far, especially watching my kids grow, from their experiences of just dealing with members who are sometimes at their worst 
a handful, right? right? Mm-hmm. But we're just watching how they grow, how they deal with that stuff, the whole customer experience piece for them. That's been probably the most rewarding thing. And and one of your your uh, is it your daughter that run that's a GM of one of the clubs? Yeah, she runs our Camp Hill Club, which is a club we bought about three and a half years ago. She just became GM literally about a month ago. Congratulations. Thanks. And, and congratulations <laughs> to her. She's 25 years old. Oh, wow. nice. I think back when I was 25 years old, I wasn't. I wasn't ready to run anything at that particular point <laughs> right. in time. So good Penn State education and, um, you know, just the willingness to get in there and, and, and make things happen. And she's just got really good instincts. That's great. That's great. So as you look at the uh, at the locations that you have today, uh, how many members do you have between the two locations? And, you know, how big is the community that, that you're serving? Yeah, so, you know, we're in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania area, state capital area, so probably in the neighborhood of 300,000 people, including all the suburbs and everything. Mm -hmm. Our two clubs combined probably have about 11,000 members in them, a lot of insurance-based members, you know. um, You know, our traffic is very good in terms of check-ins at the clubs. You know, we average at the Lingolstown Club during the week probably 11 or 1,200 a day, the Camp Hill Club in an area of 700 a day, so... It's one thing about that business. It's not like running an internet business where you can hide behind the internet and you don't got to talk to your people. Our, yeah, sure. our, our customers and clients are there every day and they have yep. no hesitation around letting us know what's working or not from their point mm-hmm. of view. Yeah, I feel like uh, there's, there's an actual uh, comment box and then there's a daily yeah. comment box, uh, the verbal comment box. Uh, yeah, and we and pay out. attention to both of them. I mean, we're, we're a Medallia customers and we spend a lot of time in the CRM answering, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, our, and our Lingolstown club out of 500 and some clubs is ranked always in the top 10 in overall experience. Got we're it. pretty proud of that. And then, um, you know, where do you see, if you say you've got a lot of insurance clients, where do you see things going over the next five years with either insurance companies start to actually pay the full membership base, obviously, uh, the full membership um, price uh, if these people show up? And now you can obviously tell them if they showed up and you can track their workout. So just as a, a potential benefit to the industry... On the club side, where do you see that evolving since you're already working with some groups in the, in the state capital? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. Um, I have found from talking to other owners that it really is different market by market. Our market's very heavy with that, and not just seniors, but we have insurance that people can buy through for any age, right? So we have in our, in our main club 20, 2,700 insurance-based what they call prime members who are just regulars. Many of them were ex monthly paying members of ours. And a lot of clubs in our area have gotten out of the insurance base and won't honor it. We've had several strategy sessions about it and have wondered what what happens if this is the way of the future? What happens if at some point everybody is coming through their insurance company? And if we bail now, where does that leave us? So we've decided to stay in it. We've had success negotiating with the major carriers at places like this convention. Oh, you so know. they want to, but you're saying they want like some kind of real bulk rate and discount? For well, what, what we get paid on is how they swipe, right? So each time they swipe, we get paid. Oh, so it's That's a per how visit. We, per visit, right? Uh, okay. So our ability to negotiate good per visit rates with the carriers determines how close we get to mm-hmm. or exceeding even what we get from a regular paying member if they come a maximum maximum of 11 times, which is usually the number we have with most of them. So we're staying okay. in it for a while because we want to see where the market's going to go. So that kind of brings us to, to a, a point of, of that it's an interesting thing you bring up because a lot of people now are looking at it and saying, what's really the price per visit, you know, because we're competing with the boutiques yep. to an extent. So if uh, if in your area you have a you know Pilates studio or bar studio or what have you, and someone's paying let's say fifteen or eighteen or twenty dollars per class, 
Um, you know, should they should that be the the benchmark that you know if you go to a, an insurance company, should they pay maybe ten dollars per visit because that's what half of the visitor card rate is, or yeah. do they pay? Hey, I, I've got a membership for fifty dollars. My average person comes ten times a month, and it should be five dollars. It's kind of what the yeah. membership is. Yeah, How do you think about that? We think about it in the latter one okay. because of the market that we're in, right? Um, and the whole boutique thing is a very interesting dynamic in our industry right now. In terms of, I mean, a, a lot of our regular members are members of boutique as well. Mm -hmm. And but the retention rates there usually take Orange Theory for instance, right? So when Orange Theory first opened up, you know, their retention rates were literally double of what they are now. So people go. They try it out. They're mm -hmm. paying a much higher rate than a full-service gym. And eventually, they either go to the next boutique, that's the next new thing, or they find their way back into a mainstream right. club. Yeah, and I, th I think on the boutique side, there'll probably be several strong players in it, and people will bounce around to those. So they'll yep. capture it, but hopefully... I mean, I've been saying this for 19 years, but I'm, I'm hoping, like, the irrational development stops. But yep. I don't know if that's... When something happens every year, then maybe yep. it, it becomes a recurring... You know, yeah. competitive threat and just deal with it. Yeah, the disruption in our industry is interesting. I mean, right now you're looking at the whole Peloton phenomenon, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, their growth is slowed down a little bit, but what they've been able to do and the, the national advertising that they bring to the table in terms of what they're doing, that's one thing I love about this industry. I mean, it's no fun getting disrupted necessarily. But it can be very energizing mm -hmm. to pay attention to, you know, the high volume, low price clubs, the boutique clubs. All of a sudden, Peloton shows up with this. Then you got, mm -hmm. you know, we're not in a major urban area, so we don't worry about Soul Cycle or some of those things that the main ur urban areas do. But, you know, we've got all the different players, and you know, we we enjoy competing. Yeah, um, yeah. It seems like there's no shortage of new equipment that's coming out and no new studio concepts. There's one in New York that now you. Um you go to boutique and you uh, you work out in like forty degree, you know it's like a freeze workout. Yeah. So there's there's plenty of things that that cross our desk. But I guess the benefit of at least from a standpoint of being a Gold's Gym and having the square footage is that you have the ability to adopt and yeah. and insert new programming. Um, most of these boutiques don't have uh, you know the number of showers. They don't daycare. Um, how important is that in your in your community? I think that points of differentiation are critical, right? Mm -hmm. So you take a look at the Planet Fitness model. So for us, you know, people will come in and say, well, Planet only charges $9.99. And I say, yeah, and if all you're going to do is walk in a treadmill, that's a place you ought to strongly consider. Right. However, if you want classes, if you want a kid's club, if you want a personal trainer, if you want specialized small group, if, if you, if you, if you, right, right. then, you know, we're more of a value play in that regard. Yeah. And we spend a lot of time paying attention to what is going on out there. Like, you know, we just learned in, at, at Ursa this past year about a, a, a gym in New York City called Conbody. Yeah. And uh, it's a fascinating concept. And so we sit back and go, okay, even though we're not in a large urban area, you know, could we get away with a program like that and try it for six months and see what's happening? So we spend a lot of time looking at our business from the outside in. That's great. As opposed to the inside out. Well, I think probably your background and your wife's background of coming from corporate jobs where you've got the resources where they are looking externally. Because yep. a lot of people, when you run a small business, you're like putting out fires. Yep. But I guess if you, if you come from, and some people I'd say to have just a couple of gyms will come here to a convention and that's where they'll get their yep. dose of like, Hey, what's the, what's going on in the outside world where it sounds like you're being proactive about that. It probably is part of your, yeah. 
your training. <laughs> that's, I work experience. with companies all the time about that stuff, yeah. you know, so yeah. it's like just we need to drink the Kool-Aid that I talk to other companies about. So I'm, I'm sure we spend more time than a, than a lot of clubs mm-hmm. do around strategy, mm-hmm. around what the future looks like, around... And we spend more time, I know, than most talking about leadership, right? right? Because to me, that's the single biggest differentiator between the companies that win and the companies that lose. Yeah, no. What's your leadership mm-hmm. team? What's your leadership bench? And um, that, that, in my view, is like a distinctive advantage, which is more important than competitive advantage. You right. know, when you get the best leadership team, generally in business, you win. It's interesting you say that because we just got called the other day. So we do mostly mergers and acquisitions, advisory work, and we had a private equity firm call us, and they were looking at a health club chain. And there, there was one competitor that they didn't know about, but they were concerned about. And they called me up and said, would you be willing to compete against this guy? And um, so it was just, it, that was the sole question was like, okay, this, this guy is the leader of this company. Do you think that's someone that I want to fight against yeah. for the next 10 years? And so it was very telling. Like that was the only, that was basically the diligence question. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, I don't think it gets enough press right now. Right. I think that people think that if you build a beautiful box and you fill it with really good equipment, yeah. that that in some way, shape or form guarantees success. And if you look in business and history, you've seen companies that were ready to fly into a mountain, get turned around by great leadership. And you've seen great companies get new leadership and, and actually fly into a mountain because the new leaders came in and managed to somehow figure out how to mess up something that was really good. So for us, we spend a lot of time, especially with our, with our younger leaders around just what it, what it means to play in that particular role and how that role is more important than whatever their functional area is, whether you're in finance, whether you're leading front desk, whatever it is, it's like, no, the the overall leadership of thinking about being an owner is more important than the functional experience you need to do your job. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, Well, um, anything else you want to share with our audience here of, um, I guess, validating and, and being happy about the decision you made. Like some people go down certain paths in life and they say, well, I wish I could have backed up and gone down this road. It seems like you, you picked the right road and, you know, it's, it's providing what you expected it to. You know what? I, the advice I would give people is chase your passion, right? I mean, if you're going to go do something, do something that you're passionate about. I think that gets you through the tough times. Mm-hmm. And if there's one trait that I have found has become more and more important in this industry, it's resilience, mm-hmm. right? Every day you've got to wake up and, and, and go to work and be ready to fight the good fight and I think resilience in the overall leadership competency thing probably doesn't get as much airtime as it should because, you know, it's not an easy business. If it were easy, clubs wouldn't be closing and all those different kind of things. So, um, no, you know, chase what you dream. I like it. All right. Well, thank you for being on Halo Talks. Look forward to checking in with you over the years. And uh, let us know how you uh, you reshape the insurance sector yeah. uh, by getting all these memberships paid for. Well, <laughs> and, it's, been and people... my, it's been my pleasure. Thank you awesome. for the opportunity. Great. Good stuff. Thanks. Thanks.